Hey everyone, welcome to Never Work a Day podcast with your host, Kelly Gibney. I am super excited about today's guest as she is one of the brightest lights currently taking over social media. Today, I got to chat with Serena fucking Kerrigan. Serena is an New York City-based digital creator who recently left her job at Refinery29 to pursue her brand centered around women empowerment and self-confidence. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this badass queen. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Never Work a Day podcast with Kelly Gibney. On today's episode, we have the one and only queen of confidence, Serena fucking Kerrigan. Serena, do you want to introduce yourself? Who are you? What do you do? I think you did a really great job there. Um, I'm (laughs) Serena fucking Kerrigan. Um, I am a content creator. Some people would call me an influencer. Um, but I am the queen of confidence and my entire mission in my life is to inspire women to be unapologetically in love with themselves, to not give a fuck what people think and to follow their dreams and make them happen. So when did you decide that you wanted to be the queen of confidence? When did you decide that it was going to be your mission to kind of just inspire others to believe in themselves? So, I mean, I basically changed my middle name as a joke uh, when I got to (laughs) my freshman year at Duke because I was really insecure. I've dealt with a lot of insecurity in my life. Um, I've been in therapy for most of my life since I was seven years old, but I was really, it was really difficult. I really used to equate my self-worth with the attention from a man um, or a boy back in the day. And uh, (laughs) if I wasn't, you know, hooking up with someone, especially at a place like Duke where there was a big hookup culture it, I felt like I was trash. Like I remember I have videos of me like sobbing, like wasted in the bathroom at like three in the morning being like, I'm the worst. Like I'm overweight. I'm not pretty. I'm not, you know, I was just so deeply insecure. And, and so I changed my middle name to fucking because I felt like if I couldn't win them over at the time, I was like, if I can't win them over with my looks, um, you know, then I can maybe win them over with, you know, my personality and being bold. And, and also it was a great way for me to feel confident within myself. It was having that kind of daily affirmation, that reminder of like, you're Serena fucking Kerrigan, like you can fucking make anything happen. Um, and then, you know, like it was, you know, it was a persona. It was something to make me feel good. It was something to be, you know, I've always loved being a performer. It was like a character that I kind of created. She was extra larger than life. Like, um, and then I started working at Refinery29 right after I graduated Duke and uh, the persona did follow me there. I remember it was like my first week there and there was this article that was circulating around about me, which like was an article from Duke that was, I basically was like interviewed in as SFK, the character. So you can imagine when I, you know, get to my first real job out of college and everyone thinks that this is, you know, my voice and who I really am, but it was kind of me having fun. Um, and eventually like through my work at Refinery29, which is such an incredible place to work at because it really taught me about, you know, my place in the world as a woman, um, as a woman who is privileged. Um, and it, it really shaped, it was like going to a women's studies, uh, graduate school is what I felt like. And oh my God, that's I, awesome. <laughs> I did a lot of work there where like I had a series called taboo, um, and it's so funny. I remember I did it for Snapchat Discover. It was a weekly show called Taboo. And I would interview people about different taboo topics from, you know, getting an abortion to living at home with your parents, to being adopted, to peeing in the shower. Like every episode was about 
topics that society deems as taboo, but that shouldn't be. And that was when I kind of, it's, you know, obviously like, I think that the problem, not the problem, but I think that people always ask me, how did you build your brand? How did you start? But it really, it was such an evolution. I went from a persona that was very self-serving to, you know, really taking that persona, taking that energy and taking that, uh, confidence and giving it to other people through that show specifically was kind of a big turning point for me because I realized that I was getting people to come on my show that I didn't know and were opening up to talk about, you know, things that aren't really comfortable. Um, And the fact that I could get them there to do it without knowing me and the fact that I could make them feel comfortable and every episode would end with like, this isn't that big of a deal was really to me like, wow. Okay. So something I'm doing is letting people open up and they're opening up to me. And I'm also reminding them and this audience that's watching that every, you know, it's okay to be yourself. It's okay to, you know, talk about your experiences without shame. And kind of from there, that's when I realized like, you know, I'm onto something. Um, and how can I like expand this and how can SFK not just be an SFK thing for Serena, but how can everyone be their SFK in their own way? How can love they, that. <laughs> yeah, how can they wear or you know, fucking as their, you know, badge of honor or their armor? You know, how could they, you know, could I inspire people to go into an interview and just, you know, be like Serena fucking Kerrigan just for those 30 minutes to an hour? And then afterwards, you know, they can be go back to their insecure selves. But if they can start training themselves to kind of put this mask on of confidence every so often, eventually that masks mask becomes who you are. And that's very much what SFK happened. That's what it was for me. When you first like decided to change your middle name to fucking and like be like, fuck it, I'm going to be confident. Were you nervous at all of people like judging you or like, did you feel supported by your friends or were you kind of just like, no, I'm entering into this state of confidence and I'm going to live here. And like the old me is gone. So it really wasn't even that thought out. And I think that it's funny you mentioned that because I couldn't – the way I can explain SFK now, I couldn't when I was a freshman at Duke. I was, what, 18 years old? I like – yeah, no. I just like was – you know, I, I'm Serena and like if you know me, like I love being the center of attention. I, You know, and I – you wouldn't know that I was doing it because I was insecure. I don't even think I knew I was doing it because I was insecure. I just like – I remember in high school I was like helping my friend. I was giving her a pep talk and I was like – your first name, fucking last name. Like you're amazing. (laughs) And then I realized I was like, wait, like I'm saying this to you, but really I'm the one who's fucking amazing. And I love the way it stuck. And then when I got to college, that's, I just remember being in my freshman dorm room with all my friends and being like, I'm Serena fucking Kerrigan. And they like kind of ate it up. They thought it was hysterical. But then when I started introducing myself to like upperclassmen and sorority girls, like I remember like people being like, whoa, like she's so much. But like, because I'm also, you know, a very sensitive, nice, kind person. And it was really just, you know, it wasn't offensive. And it's also like, if someone was offended by it or someone thought it was a lot or someone like was like, whoa, like it it really to me was a reflection of their own insecurity. I also told everyone I changed it legally. So it was difficult for people to be like, what? Like, you know what I mean? Like I literally went yeah. out and I fully changed it legally. So people kind of were like, wow, like respect, like that's insane, but like respect. And then I don't know, I didn't care because I just loved the reaction. And I love that people like 
you know, think about it. Like I walked in and I remember I was with all my best friends. We went to Shooters, which is like the best bar at Duke ever actually in the world. Uh, I've, I've heard many things about and it. <laughs> and I obviously have my own shot there called the SFK shot. I've also but. heard that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I just, I remember like walking to Shooters. It was our first week. And I remember like my best friends were just, they're super skinny, gorgeous. And like every guy, I think they made out with like three guys that night. And like, <laughs> I was you like- do you, girl. <laughs> right. No, love that energy. But I remember just feeling like no one fucking noticed me. Like no one saw me. And I look back at like photos of myself and I was like, I don't know why I felt like that. It's it's That's the thing about insecurity. It's just like, it's so sad and it's so irrational because- it's not true. Like I was so cute and like, you know, I was curvy and I, you know, I I don't know. I just, I I was so sadly insecure. So I just like wanted people to know who I was and it worked. It really worked. And I remember like my freshman year when I was rushing, like all the juniors came back from abroad and they were like, we already know who you are. Like you're SFK. And that that was like signs. I was like done. Like, fuck yeah. Like mission complete. Because like, obviously it was just so, you know, and I think too, like, I mean, I could never imagine actually introducing myself as Serena fucking Kerrigan anymore, but I literally could not not do it. And it wasn't until like maybe two years ago, I went on birthright because uh, I'm Jewish and I went on birthright to Israel and I was in, a, mm-hmm. you know, obviously a group of all these new people. And it was the first time I noticed that I didn't say I'm Serena fucking Kerrigan. I was just like, hey, I'm Serena. And that to me was like, wow, I really, and this was only two years ago. So, but so that's like six years from my freshman year. So, you know, i it took me a long time to be like, I'm Serena, people, you know, I'm good. So I don't need this as a crutch anymore. Um, yeah. And then it became a brand. So, damn. So, you recently quit your job at Refinery 29. And as you said, you had worked in video production and doing different segments, such as the taboo one. When you were in college and even before that, did you kind of know that that was something that you wanted to get into or? Did you find a job out of college that seemed interesting to you and it has kind of led you to realize what you want to do or like how has that kind of played out? I mean, I always I, – so I grew up with two parents in in the industry. Uh, my mm-hmm. mom is a TV exa- executive. Sorry, my mom's a TV executive. My dad is a writer, director, producer. So I always was very immersed with um, art in a visual medium and storytelling. I took my first um, – film class when I was a freshman in high school and I became obsessed. I love the idea of being able to create something and be so collaborative with others, but, you know, also just being able to be really vulnerable and share a story. And I, you know, I just love the power that I had behind the camera. Um, And this is after like my entire life of wanting to be an actress, but my parents were really, especially my dad, because he has so much experience with actors and actresses was really, um, wanted me to create things myself. And then if I wanted to act in them, fine. But he did not support the idea of me living a life where I was always going to be, you know, at someone else's, the power is always going to be in someone else's hands or decision, right? Like it's like the, the problem with acting is like, you know, you really just have no power. Like you're constantly auditioning, you know, someone else is going to choose you or whatever, so I was very much like motivated to create, create, create. And yeah, I mean, it kind of like I just fell in love with, you know, making video content and I thought I was going to be a film director. 
Um, I ended up not going to film school, which I thought was a great idea because I think that it's really important to get a well-rounded education and not be like super laser focused at, you know, 18 years old. Like you don't know what you're going to do. Yeah, 100%. I, I, you know, majored in visual media studies. I majored in English as well. I really wanted to understand storytelling. And I did a lot of internships at production companies. I worked at MTV and the Weinstein Company. And I, I definitely like branded myself as someone who wanted to be in the industry. I just didn't exactly know what I was going to do. And I think that when I was nearing the end of Duke, I was thinking maybe I'll do the talent agency route because a lot of my friends started there and it's a great way to, you know, really understand the industry. Like if you're on a desk for an agent, like you really, really get a sense of, you know, traditional media. But at the same time, it was kind of when digital content was taking off. And I just thought about a lot of companies that I would love to work for. And Refinery29 is something that I've, you know, I, I was reading their content long before they even had video. And then it just kind of happened. Like I applied, I knew someone who had worked there. She just sent my resume. I didn't hear back from them forever. And then they offered me an internship. And I was like, okay, I'll do the internship. And if it pans out into a job, great. If not, I'll find something else. And it kind of just like immediately just the first day I got there, I was like, this is exactly where I need to be because I love the idea that, you know, with digital, because so much of the content is free to make, or, I mean, it's quite cheap to make digital content. Um, They let me, they gave me so much agency and they gave me so much creative power from when I was an intern. Like I was producing a series with my name in it as an intern. Like I was, yeah. So I love that. Like that to me, like I was right back in where I had that same feeling I had when I was a freshman in high school, like being in creative control, being able to just, you know, make stuff that to me was like the best thing ever. So I think that that you got those opportunities because of your confidence. I think, yes, I think I remember like obviously hard work and like smarts and whatnot, but yeah, I think that like, I I remember I went to the interview and I didn't print out my resume and I found out later that that was like a big no-no, which I think <laughs> yeah. because quite frankly, like everything's digital anyway, but whatever. I agree. <laughs> and I remember like it was not a good look and I remember it was like a two-on-one interview, which I also thought was really odd because I thought that was kind of like unnecessarily intimidating, but I didn't even need a resume. I didn't need them to give have a resume. I could literally, I told them everything that I'd been working on. I told them everywhere I interned. I told them how much I loved creating, how I loved, you know, making short films about women and empowerment. And like, it didn't matter. It's a hundred percent. I agree with you. I think it is the confidence because I knew that they would one, be lucky to have me. Um, and it's so funny because I talk so much with my followers about imposter syndrome and I definitely get it sometimes, you know, I feel like Sometimes I question my abilities, but it's funny when I was back then, I was like, I, there was no question in my mind. I was like, I'm your person. Like I have so much experience. Um, and the experience really didn't even come from the internships. Like I think internships, the internships I had were total bullshit. It was really the fact that I had been creating for years at that point. And was it all incredibly shitty? Absolutely. But it didn't matter because, you know, at that time, like, now, I mean, everyone's making TikTok videos every single day, so it's not that crazy. And that's why whenever someone asks me, like, I want to get into this industry, what do I do? I'm like, you you literally have a device on your phone that lets you make content every day. Like, now you don't have an excuse. But back then, I think that it was kind of – I th- definitely think it was a lot more impressive that I had so many things to show them uh, because it wasn't – you know, I had to carry around a big, bulky fucking camera everywhere. It wasn't as yeah, like – Yeah, that's so true. Stuff. So for the past year, kind of being at Refinery29, doing things that you love, 
when did you kind of reach that point where you decided you wanted to pursue this kind of persona brand that you've now embodied and that you've been working on for six years, I think you said? Um, when did you kind of decide that you wanted to make that your full-time job and kind of pursue that professionally? I mean, I think it took me a long time to have the balls to do it, but I just felt like, you know, I'd been at Refinery for almost three and a half years and I just like, almost four years. And I just felt like I'm someone who, when I want something, like I give a hundred and 50 million percent to it and I will work the hardest and I just felt like I kind of exhausted my growth and I think that that's like a kind of you know a that's something I say to people when they're like I don't know if I should leave my job like I don't know and I said are you still learning and I just felt like I was just I I learned everything I did every I worked made content for every vertical I like not to say that like I did I don't I mean I have a million more things to learn but I definitely just felt like I don't know how much I can grow here and on the flip side I felt like my brand was really taking off like not I think it's actually taken off the most during this quarantine but I think that it was like I was beginning to see that like if I just really dedicated my focus to my brand full time instead of it as a side hustle then um then I could really make it. And I also like, obviously like I had the support of my parents. I mean, it, it, I definitely had to like come, like I definitely had to convince them, but I don't think I really was actually convincing them. It was more that I was convincing myself. And my parents were like, okay, like you're probably gonna have to make a lot more sacrifices because you're not getting like this constant income. And I was like, okay, like I was willing, like I'm willing to, I was like, I will make sacrifices. Like if it means like not eating out or not going out or, you know, whatever, like, fine, fuck it. I'll do it because like, I believe in the brand so much and, you know, and I just, I spoke to a lot of people and I think that the thing that was holding me back was like that I wouldn't be capable of doing it, that I had imposter syndrome, that like, how could I possibly whatever. But, but I was like, eventually I just felt in my gut, like it's time, like take a chance on yourself. And I think that also the, yeah. my, the way I exited was just like, obviously I left on really great terms with everyone. I think your reputation is absolutely everything. Like I, sp- every single person I had like a great, amazing conversation with. And then, um, so much so that like, I'm actually making video content for refinery now that I've left. And I wrote an article for them that posted last week. So it's, I think it's so important to keep those relationships, um, be very delicate about how you leave because this industry is just so small. And you're, con- I mean, I work with so many people that the last person who shot and, and the other person who edited my last video, like they both, I met them at Refinery29. So that's really important. But I think um, I also just branded my exit strategy as kind of like I said to the world, like I'm leaving to go build my empire. Do, do I know what that empire is quite yet? No. Does anyone else not really? Yeah. <laughs> I think that I was so confident in my in leaving. And I was so open and like, I really like told that story and I just like received so much support and people were so excited for me. Um, and again, like, what does that go back to? It's confidence. I mean, I really do yeah. believe that everything like is just about being confident. Um, so if I can share my journey with others then like, I'm so excited to like inspire them as well. Yeah. And like, I'm sure I'm like, I'm sure confidence, not to say that it's rooted in it, but like being supported by those around you is like so important just for mental health and just to feel like you're doing something I feel like like tell me if you disagree though um but like did you feel supported 
emotionally. Like you said, you had the support of your parents. You had to do a little bit of convincing. But like if you hadn't had that support, do you think you would have been as willing to take that leap of faith as you had been? Or like, do you think you would have been more reserved? No, I mean, to be honest, I think this is a two-parter. One, we have to be, I have to acknowledge my privilege. Like I have support from my parents. I know that if I, I, I actually have been really great financially. I have had like a lot of luck, not luck because I fucking made my luck obviously. But that being said, if I was like in a financial place where I wasn't okay and I was unstable, I know that my parents would support me. So I want to put that out there that like, it's very easy to say, oh, I'm going to leave and quit and like do my own thing when like you have that as a cushion, but I don't operate that way. Like I, for me, like, it's like, I realized that like leaving and having to make my own money actually like, it wasn't like I'm like leaving and me like, ah, whatever, fuck it. Today I'm just going to watch Netflix. Like if anything, like I actually work like a hundred times harder and I'm working around the clock because I have no set hours and I'm my own boss. So it's like, I'm always, always working. Um, And then the other thing is, it's like, you literally live fucking once on this earth, like only once. And I was like, I am a seasoned producer. I can literally produce things in my sleep. So why wouldn't I just try to do this for my brand? And if it doesn't work out and it fails, then fuck it. I'll just go back to another digital company. I'll go to something else. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was just like, right now, like I'm unhappy because I know that I should be focusing my energy to something else. And I don't like being unhappy because I think that you're in control of your happiness. And for me, I was just like, I'm done complaining. I'm done being like, oh, God. like I want to do my own thing. Like just go do it. Because quite frankly, like just you got to do it. You have to take a chance on yourself. Like that's what your 20s are for. It's for like- Yeah, no, 100%. You know? And also I will say that like I really worked hard for four years. Like it wasn't like- you know, I wasn't just out of college being like, mm, I'm just going to become like an influencer. Ha ha. Like I really, like <laughs> really worked so hard. And like, I p- pitched so many shows to refinery and I had so many amazing franchises and series and I did live, I did scripted, I did, you know, like I, there was so much that I did there. And I felt like I really learned so much and took those tools and could apply them to myself. But I really do, do believe that like, you have to listen to your gut. My gut was telling me to go. And I was like, and I'm so glad I did because I literally like had not looked back at all. At all. Oh, that's so amazing. <laughs> I like, oh, I'm I'm so ready to like get to that point. But like, how do you stay motivated? Like at like being your own boss and being in control of your own business? Like, are there days where you wake up and you're just like, oh, I don't want to do this? Or like how do you keep yourself just so high energy and going? I think that one is just attributed to my personality. I'm just like, I, I mean, I've done so many fucking like astrology and like human design. (laughs) And I'm like, I'm just like, it's just really like, I'm not going to bullshit. Like, it's just very intrinsically who I am. Like, I've always been kind of like a fireball ray of sunshine. Like, like like, I wake up with a smile on my face. Like I have since I was like a baby, my mom would tell me. So like, that is just like who I am. Horrible. <laughs> and you'd be like, I literally would go to your crib and you'd just like be fucking smiling. And I'm like, what? <laughs> um, so I'm going to say that. Kind of creepy, but. <laughs> but um, I also am just like, you know, I love what I do. And that was something that was ingrained in me and my parents since I was a little girl. Like I, they were like, you have to pick, find what you love and just, and do it. And the money will come. But like, you have to value time over money because you're going to look back 
at your life and like, sure, you're rich, whatever, but like, were you happy? Like, you're going to spend the majority of your life working. So like, you know, and I have to say like, since I've quit, I've never had a Sunday scary. Like I wake up happy. I'm like, who, how am I going to move my brand forward today? Like, am I going to go on a podcast or like, am I going to create a video? Am I going to reach out to a brand that I love? Am I going to, you know, do a webinar? Like I, I to me, like, I'm so excited. Like there's so many things that I, I should be do, I can do. And if anything, it's not, how do you stay motivated? It's more just like, I sometimes get like a little overwhelmed because I want to do so many things. And I'm like, okay, yeah. where should I really be focusing my energy on? And that to me, yeah. that's what, that I find difficulty. It's not like, should I watch Netflix or should I work on my brand? It's like, what aspect of my brand should I be working on? And that can, it can be a lot because like, you know, my followers are like, we want merch, but I'm like, okay, fine. Like I'll make merch, but merch isn't going to be what's going to like set me apart and make me a fucking star. It's really the content. So it's like, I I juggle, but then I'm like, but you know, my audience is really important to me. And if they want fucking merch, if they want to wear my face on their, you know, on a sweatshirt, then like, let's give it to them. But I think that it's like content, content, content. Like that's my focus. And it's the same way. Like how does Beyonce stay motivated? Like, do you want to be the best at what you do? Like, I want to be the best. Like I want to be, I want the entire world to know who I am. So that's not going to happen if I'm just like, eh, fuck it. I'm just going to watch everything <laughs> and like get high and whatever. Like, no, like yeah. only going to happen if I'm working all the fucking time, all the time. No, I mean, that's like totally something that I've like I currently have just like so many ideas with what I want to do because I'm not happy with where I am and like that is totally something that I've had conversations with with my therapist just being like how do I like I I'm saying that I want to do all these things and it's like how do you just stay focused and like do one thing at a time and not like go in every direction like you don't want to spread yourself short but you want to give out the content that people are desiring yeah, it, it's it's definitely, you know, but I also like it's I've been like a month out, I'd say, since refinery and um, I let myself like I, I've I knew that it was going to be a transition. Like I knew yeah. that it was going to be, you know, my first week out was fashion week and it was the first, it was also like coincidentally the first time I was invited to a lot of fashion shows and I'd never done fashion week. I'm not a fashion influencer. I was like, well, how does this work? I had these looks. I have to go back to my apartment. I have to shoot. You don't like, it was very like overwhelming for me, but it was just like, and I was like, this isn't my life, right? Like this is not. Cause like that's, I mean, I obviously like love being invited to fashion week shows, even though let's be real. I want to walk down the runway, not like sit watching it. But but, like for me, I was like, this is not what I signed up for. Like, this is not like, this is amazing, but like, I want to, this gives me more anxiety because I'm not, this is not my area of expertise. I'm like, what is my area of expertise? It's confidence. So how do I like amplify that message? You know? And I, and I let myself like, it's okay to feel anxious. And sometimes I do. Sometimes I'm like, oh my God, like, what am I doing? Like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, this is so hard. Whatever. It's okay. It's not like I'm like fucking perfect. Like, obviously like I have days where I'm just like very anxious and like, I feel like sometimes I I don't have it all together and whatever, but it you know everyone experiences that that's obviously why oh 100 percent. i mean especially in today's day and age with like just so many stimulants and whatnot yeah and i also think that like you know a great piece of advice that was given to me is like simplify 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 like if you want to start a show like how can you make it so fucking simple and then you level up and then you keep going and then you make it better but like i think the problem is is that when people start a creative project they they 
they add so many hurdles. So then they're like, "Eh, I can't do it. See, I can't do it. Like, I don't know how to do that. So that's why I'm not going to do it. Whereas like, I was like, okay, like I'm just going to do one and then we're going to do it again and again. And every time it's going to get better and better and better. So I think that that is a great piece of advice for someone who like, you know, even if it's like, you know, I, I, I also do consulting and I feel like that's important to say because I go on a lot of these podcasts and it seems like I'm just like doing influencing content creation the whole time. But I actually like, I am a personal branding consultant. I have three clients that I help them move their personal brand forward. That's Um, incredible. One of them is the co-founder of Refinery29, which like to me was like the biggest, like, I was just like, I cannot believe that I am consulting the founder of Refinery29 because I mean, she was my idol. Like she's like, she is like, she's incredible. And it just came so full circle, but I just think like, I don't know, it's, it's super exciting and I love it. And I think that being a freelancer is fucking awesome. It's just like, you don't have that security of having like a paycheck every week or every couple of weeks. But I think that in a way that motivates you so much more, like all the freelancers I work with, like are working all the time. They're so talented. They're so passionate. And they're just like, it's like they have a fire under their ass. And I kind of like, I just respect that so fucking much. And like, I'm the same way. Like, I'm not someone who like, I get an email, I respond right away. And people are like, wow, like things so responding. And I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> like you got to keep moving. I mean, yeah, you've been putting out content during this quarantine. Which you know, it's so has been in- Probably like, I feel like I'm not putting it out enough. Oh my God, no. <laughs> I feel like I like should be putting out a video every single day. I feel like I... I, I, I approach quarantine very like, you know, I was very anxious, obviously, like everyone was when it first started, especially because I was all alone. And so much of my content is really collaborative. Um, I like to have a shooter. I like to have, a, you know, an editor. Like I have to like, I, you know, I like a team. I've always worked in a team. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm alone in my apartment. Like, how am I going to do content? And one thing that I went back to was live. And I started at Refinery29 for my first two years. I was on the Facebook live team. I only did live content. We produced, I produced three lives a day at one point because of our contract. With Facebook. So I was like, I know live. Like I know I understand the pacing. I understand how to get people in it. I understand how to interview in it, how to be on camera, how to be off camera. Like I get live. And I was like, wow, perfect opportunity to jump back in here. And now it's like, if I don't do my show one night, people are like, why didn't you go live? Like a girl literally messaged me from India being like, I've been waiting all night for your live. Like what's going on? And I was like, oh, <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's really like, it's going back to like that skill set that I had learned once. Um, and, and it's also all on my own, right? Like I simplified it for myself. Yeah. Like, okay. Like maybe I won't have like a three camera shoot with like comedy and, da, 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 and everything crazy. Like maybe I'll just make it really simple for myself, go live. I don't have to worry about it being a permanent thing. Um, and but and it's also easy for the it's easy for your viewers to digest because it's just it's just as simple as logging on Instagram which they're already probably doing and like the lives pop up it's the first thing that you see mm-hmm. and it's just I feel like it's just like the perfect way to keep to keep like your face and your brand out there. I I think so too. I really appreciate that. I think that you know. Um, it's been really fun and it's, it's so my wheelhouse. Like I love, like, I just love the spontaneity of it. And just like, it's very much on brand, right? It's like not giving a fuck because like, whatever, like we're live. Like you just have to kind of like roll with it. I think it's super fun. Um, and it's been great. And, uh, I also just viewed quarantine as like, I, I, you know, another way I stay motivated is this. 
I feel as though this is a one insult, once in a lifetime chance that you're going to have every single person looking at you, right? Like everyone yeah. on their phone right now. No one has a distraction of other things. So, and I feel like I'm on a time schedule. Like I'm like everything that, and obviously sometimes I get overwhelmed by it. So I need to like settle the fuck down, but I'm like, you need to take advantage of the fact that this is not going to happen again. This is like crazy that you're going to have everyone looking at you all the time. So you need to go, go fucking go. And that's why I say to you, I'm like, I feel like I should be putting things out every day because like, this is just like such a special time for content creators. And I've noticed that some people have either totally grabbed, you know, the horns and fucking did it like me and other people didn't. And like, that's fair. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of anxiety, but I think that like the ones that do are, I mean, I think it's a, it's serious. Like, I think it's a really, really special opportunity to entertain people on, on their phones. Yeah. And just like taking people out of that state of anxiety, which like so many people are in right now and just giving them an outlet to like, forget about what is going on right now and just like laugh basically is so important. I totally agree. You know, my therapist, she said like truly like the best medicine for um, obviously not coronavirus, but for all of the, <laughs> you know, all, for feeling a loss of like connectedness, control, competency is laughter. It's literally proven to boost your immune system. So she was literally like, you're literally like a doctor. <laughs> and I'm like, no, <laughs> you are saving lives. <laughs> I'm getting no, but I think that, you know, it's so funny. Like I watch other people, obviously I like watch a lot of live content just to see what other people are doing. And I find some of the conversations to be so serious and so like, just like heavy. And I'm like, that's not, that's great that that, that, that exists because some people might need that. But I'm like, that's just not going to be my my thing. My thing is going to yeah. make people fucking laugh and not give a fuck and dance. Like sometimes I literally turn on the camera. I'm like, I have nothing to say today. I do not, <laughs> I, I just have nothing to say. So I'm literally just going to start twerking and like, we're just going to go with it. <laughs> here's me drinking wine. Literally, here's me getting and- fucking blackout. <laughs> no, that's amazing. I mean, it's been, it's from, from a viewer side, it's been very entertaining. <laughs> so Love that, you're, you're doing your job. I don't know what I'm fucking going to say today, but let's fucking go. <laughs> so, I mean, post quarantine, now that you have like, I mean, after tapping into quarantine, which is obviously not something that you could have anticipated coming right after leaving refinery 29, what's your vision for SFK? Like where, where do you want SFK to go? Um, international bitch uh <laughs> like I mean I definitely need my own tv show I think that that's like incredibly clear I know I have a lot of eyes on me right now watching so I'm curious like how that's gonna pan out um I have a show in development but I think that you know it was pitched and like we developed it before um quarantine and I think that the world is gonna look very different afterwards so I think yeah. people are gonna you know obviously our economy is tanked and like people are unemployed and I think that they're gonna want that laughter and that comedic relief way more and so I really want to create a show that you know I can do that I mean like I would love to have my own late talk show you know and it's hard because yeah. it's like when people it's so fucking annoying that people judge your um you know I, I don't want to say self-worth. I think that's too, too strong, but you know, like it's difficult because I am a, considered a micro influencer. Um, and so people are like, Oh yeah. Like what, you know, she doesn't have a big enough audience to pull, but I think that that's total bullshit. I think it's about like the quality of the content and it's about the engagement. And I really do feel like I've engaged fan base that are really 
you know, tuned in and like are really like loving it. So I definitely want to have my own show. I definitely want to start a company that is kind of all predicated on this. Like how can I be in every facet of confidence? Like how can I provide, you know, whether it's merchandise or, you know, my own line of mirrors or like, you know, a community, a safe space, like something where like, you know, we can just make women feel confident all the fucking time, you know, and that they have like this like community and, um, I don't know. I just like want to be the queen of confidence. And I think that that can mean a lot of different you things. You are. You are. <laughs> Thank you. You're there. Yeah, I I definitely think that's that's so needed. I mean, there's definitely things out there, but like I think that you have built something that's very unique. And I mean, there's only up like you can only go upwards. Like there's so many more people to tap into. I appreciate that. I think it's also about like just constantly innovating and constantly like just trying out and taking risks. And like, I yeah. think that's like, I just think people are so afraid what people are going to think. And like, and that really stumped me for a while. Like I remember when I first got to refinery, I worked with like their talent team because they want, you know, they, what they would do is like a lot of the talent at refinery, they would then like pitch to brands and stuff. It was cool. And like, they were like, you are so like a great person. You're so multifaceted. Like you're SFK, but you're also Serena. And like, we just don't see that on your Instagram at all. Like, it's just so one note. It's so SFK. And like, it's just not who you are. And I felt like I like held myself back from like, you know, posting on stories and stuff. Like I used to only like post stories of like me talking to camera, like with like a Snapchat filter on it. Like it was just like so, (laughs) but it was like, I was so afraid, like what are guys going to think what they see me without makeup or what are like people going to think if they hear me talking about sex. And then I just like, was like, eh, I just, just, just don't give a fuck anymore. You and just can't can't care. Yeah. You just can't care. If, and I, I, when I do my consulting for, you know, a lot of these women that like want help with their personal brands, I find that the conversation we have yet and yet again is the, um, the fact that like to, to be a successful influencer, you have to give unfiltered raw access all the time. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, that is something that held me back. Like, I feel like the only, the reason I am amplifying now is because I was like, I just stopped giving a fuck. And I'm like, if you really want to know what fucking shade my nail polish is fine. If you want to hear like, and then, you know, I think like something that like people was big for me was like, I started talking about my cold sore that I got a couple of weeks ago. I was like, really yeah. <laughs> on camera. I got like a zillion messages. And then like today I was like, by the way, guys, like three weeks later, like this bitch, her cold sore is gone. This is something that people were like, oh my God, you're so brave. You're, you know, destigmatizing cold sores. And I'm like, guys, it's literally a cold sore. Like everyone gets some who gives a fuck. And like, that is like, again, like, you know, that's something that like, I would have been so afraid to share before. And it's like, there just is so much like a sense of like release and like power when you're vulnerable and you see that like nothing happened. Like you think like, yeah. oh my God, people are going to think I'm gross and like, they're not going to want to hook up with me, whatever. And then when that doesn't happen, you're like, oh my God, wait, this is kind of sick that you can be so <laughs> open and honest about something. And no one gives a fuck. You know why they don't give a fuck? Because everyone is only truly focused on themselves. Like 99% of the time they might, they might say something, they might make a comment, share it to their friend, but then like they go about their life and, you know, and it's truly like if they're criticizing you, it's because they're insecure. So. Yeah, hundred no, 100%. I mean, that is true words have never been spoken. Everyone is just projecting or it's it's really never about you. That's and that's so important to remember. I've been trying to definitely remind myself of that recently. Um starting this podcast and whatnot. But 
Okay, I want to pivot and kind of do a little bit just like light things and then wrap up, even though I feel like I could, we could talk for like ever, but mm. I don't want to keep you too long. <laughs> um, okay, I have like just some quick fun questions. Um, what is the theme song to your life? Ooh, that's a really good question. I'd say Who Run the World Girls by Beyonce. Word, yeah. That 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 fits, I feel like. And then what is your perfect day? Um, my perfect day, I would say like working out. Like I love going to a red carpet event, being on a red carpet, having my name just like yelled at me a million times to post to photographers. Then like going out with my friends. Um, I love seeing my parents. Um, I don't know. Every day is a perfect day. Like I love just living life. I know that's so lame to say it, but like I think every day is such a privilege and I'm so lucky to be healthy and happy and safe. And um, I don't know. I just like, like every day how it comes. Good. That's like awesome. Dumped, that would suck. But oh, like. Yeah. No. Anxiety through the roof. Um, <laughs> and then what Instagram account are you currently enjoying? Mm. I really love We Are Not Really Strangers. We're okay. not. Really strangers. I haven't heard of that one. Oh, my God. I love it watch it love it i will i will definitely um okay and then kind of one last i mean you've given so much advice over the course of these 40 minutes but what do you have any like succinct piece of advice for people who are thinking about taking the leap to just pursue their passion life is too short so you got to follow your dreams take a risk on yourself because truly what is the worst that could happen you fail go back you know like yeah. success is just a collection of failures. And, you know, like there's so many times at Refinery that I didn't get a hosting thing or I didn't, you know, get my series didn't perform or, you know, and all those things like led me to here. So I don't like, I don't look back being like, I like realize now, obviously in the moment you're like, this is the end of the world, but you look back and you're like, well, I'm glad that didn't happen because that wasn't what I was supposed to do, you know? Yeah. Hashtag no regrets. Exactly. <laughs> so lastly, do you want to just kind of plug yourself? Where can people find you? I'm literally Serena Kerrigan on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter. Serena Kerrigan. That's that's what it is. So Amazing. Well, and DMs awesome. respond to all my DMs. So <laughs> it's true. It's true. I can I can attest. Mm-hmm. Um, well, thank you so much for speaking with me. This has been so great. Thank you so much. Yay. Thank you. And congratulations on the podcast. Very proud of you. Thank you. Thanks everyone for tuning in to Never Work a Day podcast with Kelly Gibney and today's guest, Serena Kerrigan. Bye guys. Bye. 